0: You're listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast, the place for the kick-ass woman who needs a kick in the ass. Your host, Jen Rosenbaum, is giving you the tools to shed shame and live the biggest life possible. So kick up your heels, get comfy, and get ready to be the boss of your life.
1: Hey ladies, I have a question for you today. How many of you struggle with your wardrobe And by struggle, I mean finding the right things to wear, knowing what fits you and flatters you, defining your personal style. It's something that I struggle with. And it's funny because I actually, growing up, I wanted to be a fashion designer and I used to even sew my own dresses. But somewhere along the line between working at home and having a few kids, fashion has sort of taken on a new meaning. So I want to talk to you today about that. Um, And we're talking with Natalie Hughes. She is a stylist and somebody that I have worked with before in helping me. Me create outfits and finding the right things to wear. I mean, how many of you have a closet with nothing to wear? Like a full of stuff, but nothing to wear. That's me. Uh, so I'm working on fixing that. And if you want to work on that too, um, definitely take a listen today. One of the biggest lessons that Natalie taught me is really how we present ourselves is a sign of respect and a sign of gratitude to those who are around us. I love that lesson. And there's so many other amazing nuggets in today's podcast. So enjoy. Hi, Natalie. I'm so, so, so excited to have you here today.
0: Thanks. I'm so excited to be here.
1: right. We've met each other before, right? We've worked together before. But part of the reason I'm going to explain to everybody else why I'm so excited to have you here today is because, first of all, I just adore you. But secondly, I love fashion and I'm really bad at it. So, (laughs) which may or may not be true. You know, like I talk all the time about how women tell lies, you know, Um, but I think it's true. So I'm really excited to have you here today to talk to women, not only about fashion, but about your story and how you got into doing what you do. So let's start with that. Tell us what you do, how you got there, your little, you know, story, your backstory and you know what you're doing now.
0: Great, yeah. I uh, first of all, you're not bad at fashion. You have your own style, which I love working with. But, um, but a lot of people do believe that, right? And I think one of the the foundations that we all have to believe too is that we all have our own style. It's just getting into that, harnessing that, um, channeling that, uh, because everybody does have it. Um, but you kind of have to explore it. So we can we can go into that a little bit later. But I'm a personal wardrobe stylist. And I dress women entrepreneurs so that they represent their brand um, at all times and they can create the confidence and clout they need to go run kick-ass businesses. Um, And so I started getting into this locally in 2012. I've always loved to work but didn't really find my calling and um, never loved the jobs specifically that I was in. And so I was at a desk job at a fashion company. And started building a business plan for for doing personal wardrobe styling. And at the time, people weren't really doing this unless you were a star. You know, Mm -hmm. unless you were in LA and you're an actress or something, that's when you had a personal stylist. So I didn't even know if this was a thing. So I started doing it locally, and it turns out people were really looking for something like this. Um, And then I got pregnant and had my first daughter and did the stay-at-home mom thing and really embraced it and loved it. And then less than two years after that, I got pregnant with my second daughter. And uh, after I got pregnant with her and had her, she was a few months old. I realized I lost who I was along the way. And that was something that I had held so sacred and knew before I became a mom, I wanted to make sure, like I always wanted to get to know the woman behind the mother when I was meeting mom friends and all the things like that, because I felt like that was so important, more important than just getting to know someone as a mom And I realized I had become one of those women that I was just mom and wife, which is so important and is still number one and number two in my life today. But I had so much more of me to give. And I really struggled with that because it took us so long to get pregnant with our first. I really struggled with wanting to do something else besides um, being a mom. But I had this passion and this energy and I couldn't shake it. Um, and so I said, you know what, I need to, I need to dive into this and I need to explore this. And I decided to go into the virtual styling where, um, I can reach women all across the world or the U S, and be able to reach them that way. And through that, I fell into dressing, um, women entrepreneurs. And that's where I really felt my, felt like I found my calling because I was able to empower these women through their wardrobe and, um, and I realized this this is fulfilling me just, just like being a mother fulfills me. And I need to be able to find a way to balance both because they're both so important in my life. Um, and I knew that in my journey, when I felt like I had lost myself and my identity, getting dressed each day was a way that I could still be myself and still express myself um, when I was giving so much to my daughters and my husband and my household. And I wanted to pass that along to other women too, to make sure that they knew that they could tell the world who they wanted to be each day through their clothes, And not only tell the world, but tell themselves who they want to be. I'm going to confess, I'm a little teary-eyed as you're talking about it. And, you know,
1: I think I'm probably not going to be the only one that feels that way. So I I want to kind of put that out there. And the reason I feel that way, you know, I feel emotional about it is because I just, it resonates with me so much. I think that we, as moms, we do go through these periods and even as wives, even if you don't have children, sometimes we just lose ourselves. You know, we lose ourselves to our jobs, to our husbands, to our children, For me, I lost myself, you know, for a period of time to cancer and my body was different. And, you know, I didn't know how to dress or how I wanted to be seen. Um, And then, you know, something happens, you get an invitation or somebody asks you for dinner or you go to a meeting and all of a sudden you have a closet full of clothes and nothing to wear, right? And nothing feels like you. Um, And I just, it resonates with me. So thank you for sharing that. And I think that that's such an amazing journey also of how you've created a life to do what you love and also be with your family.
0: Yeah, which is, I think is so important. And and then I think back and, you know, it's a great way to show my daughters that I can use my gift and my passion to fuel other women. And and what an impactful example to set, you know, in that way too. But it does, it takes a lot of, um, you have to go through a lot of like shame and guilt to get there a lot of times. And it's so interesting why we put that on ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Um, it seems so against the shamelessly feminine principle, you know, just be who you are and be, and sometimes we have to work through that to get there.
1: Yeah. That's the thing. It's not easy. And that's why I have this podcast to be honest with you, Natalie, because it's not easy. It's not easy to just be shamelessly feminine or be shameless or, you know, I I mean, I remember when I had my kids, I was like, I made a rule to myself. I'm never wearing leggings or sweatpants. Cause if Mm -hmm. I do, I know that it's just downhill from there. Right. So I didn't but now my kids are 12 and eight and I wear sweatpants and leggings all the time. And I'm like, what happened to myself? Um, but yeah, I go through these periods also where it's like, sometimes it's just easier to put on sweatpants and a sweatshirt and a ponytail. And other times I'm like, no, I need to put a little effort into this, you know? And, and I put effort into
0: shopping. Why wouldn't I put effort into wearing it? <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's so true. Right. Because when we when we tend to up-level our clothes a little bit, um, all of a sudden it up-levels our mindset too. So whatever you're getting dressed for that day, when you start to put on clothes, if you're thinking like, I want to wear leggings and sweatpants. But if you just think in, instead of those, if you find a substitute, like just blue jeans or something that's, you know, gaucho pants, something that's like comfortable, um, just as comfortable, but is up-leveling it, then all of a sudden your mindset's up-leveled a little bit too. And whatever you're set forth for the day, you go in with a little bit more effort.
1: I love it. And I ha- I have this thing since we started working together. Like when I, when I go to buy something, I will ask myself at times like, will Natalie be really proud of me if I buy this? <laughs> you know, like is, in fact, I bought a pair of shoes yesterday. I wanted to text you a picture of them because they were so cute. And I was like, I feel like she just needs to know these exist because they're so adorable. And we have, I think, a little bit of a similar style, um, especially in shoes. We have a love for shoes, both of us. Um, and I, every time you post shoes, I'm like, where, where are those from? I need mm-hmm. to have them. Um, so I'll have to send you a picture of the shoes later. Yeah, but, I really want to see them. <laughs> yeah. I, and they were like, $20 at Target. Don't tell me oh, nice. They was so cute. Um, but <laughs> I have no shame, people. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm a Target lover too. Yeah, it is no shame in my game. So, um, But yeah, it is so hard. It's so hard to feel like Okay, I'm going to put myself out there in the world. It's it's and it's funny because what you do is dress people for a living. What I do is undress people for a living. <laughs> and there's there's power in both of those, right? It's yes. it's uh, so. All right, I want to ask you some questions, um, fashion wise. I ha- I was thinking about this this morning, and I have so many questions to ask you. So um, I would I would like for you to give me. I know you have some rules of fashion. I don't want to give away everything, but can you give me like one particular rule of fashion? Actually, I'm going to tell you which one I want you to. Tell me because this is a big one for me that I've changed my mindset on about buying clothes on sale.
0: Yes, <clears throat> uh, sales are, are tricky, right? The sales are used to entice consumers to spend money when they weren't going to spend money otherwise, and they end up being um, a ripoff a lot of the times if we're not intentional about when we're shopping sales. So that I, what you sales are essentially old merchandise that didn't sell. So it's merchandise that no one else wanted, and they're selling it at a discounted rate. And all of a sudden, that looks enticing to us as a consumer when really we wouldn't have bought that at full price anyway. So if you weren't going to buy it at full price, buy it at a sale price um, is, is the concept behind just being intentional about what you're purchasing and when you're purchasing it. I love that. I am a little bit of a bargain hunter. So that was a big lesson for me.
1: But you know what? It was a big lesson for me. And you know what? I found that when I pay full price for something, I actually treasure it more. And I want to wear it more. And it does, you know, I don't, when I look through my closet, I don't just go,
0: oh, that thing, you know, it's, it has meaning to me. it means more. Right. I, um, growing up, my grandma would take me shopping sometimes and she was the ultimate bargain hunter. And we would get like five pieces for like $25. Right. Um, but if you do that, all of a sudden you just have a closet full of stuff and it becomes overwhelming and it becomes, um, just bursting with things. And the more decisions we have to make in the morning, the more things we have to choose from, the more overwhelming the dressing process becomes. So instead of thinking, how many items can I get for $25 or a hundred dollars? think what are a few items or one item even that I'm going to wear over and over again and really get my um, price per wear, which I talk about a lot, out of um, instead of just filling it with the more amount of things. You've been in my closet, I feel like. (laughs) It's like a problem. (laughs) Like every time
1: I go in my closet, I I actually feel guilt often because I'm like, look at how much time and money and effort has been spent on all of these things. And I don't love them all. And that, you know, you should love everything, I think, or at least really like a lot of things and maybe love a handful of things. Um, so this is something I'm, I'm working on myself. So I, I appreciate that information. I think that that's, that's really helpful. In fact, I sent you a graphic this morning. I'm going to call it up. And I said, <laughs> I thought this would make you laugh because it made me laugh. It's a pie chart. And it says wardrobe confessions, and the the pie chart is divided into different sections. And like almost half of it, it says things I'll wear once I lose some weight, right? And especially as moms, we all have those things, right? Because we go, you know, pregnancy jeans, pre-pregnancy, post-pregnancy, whatever. Uh, And then the rest is divided into things I regret buying, stuff that will have a fashion comeback anytime soon, souvenirs, things that need fixing. And then there's this little tiny sliver left of the pie chart that says clothes I wear.
0: So true. Yeah. I mean, the closets that I've, that I've been in like locally and working with women, um, this is pretty accurate. It seems like, um, and one of the biggest piece of advice that I try to give women is if it doesn't currently fit you, get it out of your closet. You don't need to have that constant reminder every day when you go to get dressed, uh, that you know of pounds that you want to lose, or you're not in the body that you wish you were in. Kind of like what you do for your, with you know that your clients that you photograph. You you want to be comfortable in the skin that you're in and celebrate that body right now, no matter what it looks like. And you deserve to dress your body right now, no matter what it looks like, and dress it in clothes that you love and not hide it in sweatpants or leggings and and things like that. So that's the number one thing I can say is if you have a closet full of clothes that don't fit, get them out. Um, I'm currently eight months pregnant. I take everything out of my closet that doesn't currently fit me. And that's a lot of stuff. But I only want to see each morning when I wake up what I have the opportunity to actually wear and what I'm actually going to feel good in.
1: You know, I, I did the same thing after I had my mastectomy. There was a lot of clothes in my closet I couldn't wear um, for one reason or other, either didn't fit right or didn't flatter anymore or whatnot. And I, you know, I kept them there because I thought, oh, I'll have reconstruction surgery and maybe they'll fit again. And every morning I would go to get dressed and I found that it was depressing because there was all this beautiful stuff I had that I couldn't put on. So I just packed it all up, I put it in a box, and I just wrote, you know, to readdress after surgery. And I just said to you before we started the podcast, okay, it's time to readdress some things. Um, But the truth is that getting it out of the closet, It did make everything easier for me emotionally lighter and it 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 was less time I spent trying to get dressed every day
0: right yeah and it's almost like the the less items we have to choose from the more we have to wear because we can start to see combinations that got crowded with all the other things that we didn't like or didn't fit or you know whatever reason why we don't wear them so it's almost like the less that's in our closet the more outfit combinations we have
1: Right. I'm still working on that one. <laughs> I, I think um, um, We'll get back to you on that one. But yeah, I, I do know that that is the truth, um, but it, it is, it's hard. So, so what about, I mean, you know, I look at somebody like you and I say, okay, it's easy for you though, Natalie, you have the skill, you have the clothes, you have a great body, even eight months pregnant, and it's easy for you. What about somebody who
0: feels it's not easy for them? What advice would you give them? Mm, That's really good. Well, the number one advice I can say is, um, it's kind of going back to what we were just talking about, celebrate the body you're in. So whatever that looks like for you. And then also to be intentional. So I am really intentional about shopping. I, it's, it's, a strategic plan for me. I make a list each season of items that I want to incorporate in my closet. Or I feel like there's holes in my closet. So I'm always evaluating even my own wardrobe. I'm looking at it. And if I'm getting dressed and there's a piece that I'm missing, I make note of that. So that when I'm shopping, I have a shopping list, almost like when you go to the grocery store, uh, of items that I know that I need in my wardrobe. That's going to make my wardrobe more whole. Someone actually used this analogy, um, Dana did, about going to the grocery store. And when you don't have a list of items and you get in there and you're like, well, what am I going to make? You know, what, what? What's? where's my recipe? What's for dinner? You need to be strategic about going in there with a list. So that's number one. I think that would really help is to be strategic in your shopping and being intentional. Um, and another way you can do that, too, is before you purchase something... Think of three different ways you can style it with clothes you already own. So if you're looking at a skirt at a store, think of what you have in your closet that, would be, that can be paired with the skirt um, and think of three ways you can wear it because you don't wanna get something for one occasion and not ever be able to wear it again. And it also just starts to open your mind and be more creative in how you can reuse and repurpose items. And you can do this for items that are already in your closet as well. But just start to really think about three ways you can wear and style each piece or maybe three different events um, because it really will start to help set the tone of building a wardrobe that is filled with versatile and intentional pieces. Let's talk
1: about, um, as you're talking about different styling, like inexpensive pieces versus expensive pieces. Because I'm the type of person that gets bored with clothes easily, which is hysterical because my clothing is very, like I have like 12 black tank tops, 12 white Mm t-shirts, 50 pairs of blue jeans, you know? Like it's, I don't, I go, oh, I'm tired of this. I'll get a new white t-shirt instead, you know? (laughs) Like, I don't know why that happens, but it does. I get sick of things. So then I say, oh, well, I'll spend a little bit less on the clothing. I won't feel as bad when I get sick of it. Um, but I've noticed that when I do spend more money on clothes, like I said before, I like it more. It usually fits better. It lasts longer, but I feel like, oh, people are sick of seeing this. I mean, is that really true? Or is that something we just put in our head? Is it something we can style differently? And and tell me a little bit about your thought between like buying inexpensive, trendier clothes and, and more expensive classic pieces.
0: Yeah, I definitely think we can get in style ruts. So if you have like if your closet is mainly, you know, black tank tops and white t shirts, then I think there's ways that we can spice that up and add in other elements, uh, wardrobe elements that will make it more than just like a white t shirt and jeans. So I definitely think there's ways of we kind of get we get stuck in what we know and what we feel comfortable in. And there's ways to express our same personal style, but not wearing the same things over and over and over. So there's that piece to it. And then there's also the piece of, um, I'm a huge fan of mixing high and low fashion. Um, so I think that each have their place. I shop at Target and I buy designer, you know? So there's, there's definitely a place for both, but something to remember is what I touched on um, briefly earlier, but it's called price per wear. And so when you're buying an item, especially an inexpensive item, you want to think about how many times you're going to get your wear out of it. So if you're buying a $40 top, but you only wear it two times, it becomes a $20 top, right? But if you buy a $100 top and you wear it 20 times, then it could become a $5 per wear top and you're all of a sudden getting your money out. More out of a hundred dollar top than you are at a forty dollar top. This sounds a lot
1: like a good idea when my husband says, How much did you spend on that? <laughs> I go, Well, it's only five dollar yeah. top, don't
0: I, worry. <laughs> I fully converted my husband, this has changed his way of thinking. He never bought a pair of designer jeans in his life. And once I told him about this principle, he went go back. He's like, I wear my jeans every day. Why would I cheap out and have? pairs of fifty dollar jeans when I can have one pair of two hundred dollar jeans and love way more. Um so yeah there's I think the men especially when you can equate it to to part numbers they totally get it.
1: <laughs> yeah I love it. It's funny because I also went through that jeans thing with my husband. I finally made him buy like a nice really expensive pair of jeans and we call them his grown up jeans. <laughs> I was like you know you have to wear your grown up jeans we're going out to dinner. <laughs> Um, all right, I have a question. What would you say is the? Can you give us an example of, let's say, three to five things that you think every woman should have in her wardrobe?
0: This is a tough question for me, and I I have a hard time um, answering this and putting it down because each woman is so different. It really depends on lifestyle. It really depends on personal style. What's an essential for me isn't going to be an essential for somebody else because our styles are different. Or our daily needs are different. Because if you're working in a corporate setting, in a business setting, your your essentials are going to be different than someone who probably works from home and can be a little bit more casual or from someone who is at home with their kids, you know? So I find that a hard thing to, to answer, but I think it's important for women to definitely take into account their lifestyle and their personal style when thinking of the essentials that they need in their closet. So... And also fit. I think that's essential for every single woman is making sure that you have items in your closet that fit well, whatever whatever that essential is going to be for them.
1: Awesome. So here's a question about clothes that fit well. How do you know when clothes fit well? And I know that that's a very broad topic, but... Um, my question really is more like I hear a lot of times people will say, well, you should expect to alter your clothing. You know, you should, especially like somebody like me, I'm petite, I'm short, I have short legs. I should just expect that, you know, doing that tailoring is just part of the process. Um, but it makes it hard to shop sometimes because then you have to envision, is this going to look the way I want it to look? So how often are you, you know, targeting for fit in the store versus, well, I'm going to buy this and I'm going to alter it. I'm going to put more money into it. Um, how, what's your role on that?
0: That's a good question. I do think that women who are petite or have a long torso or, Um, have really, really long legs, they definitely need to be shopping for that. And fortunately, so many stores now are really catering to to specialty sizing like petites and long lengths and long torso and things like that. Definitely keep those into account as much as you can. Because once you start altering regular size for petite, you start playing and losing the structure of the piece and then it's not going to look how you want it to look on your body. So it's really important to dress to that as much as possible. It's also important to have a good tailor because they're the, they're the experts in that and they're going to be able to tell you, this is going to alter the piece. I can't do that. I've taken pieces in and my tailor's like, no, I, it's not going to be what you want it to be. And I'm like, thank you for telling me that. Because um, they really, they know the clothes, they know the silhouettes, they know all of that kind of stuff when it comes to changing it. So that's really, that's really something that you want to keep in mind because almost every single woman, I don't know any woman actually that has never need anything tailored or altered because our bodies are all so different. There's no way that right off the rack, they're going to fit the majority of the population. So it's important to keep that in mind and to think about that when you're budgeting your clothing to have a tailoring budget as well. But it's also, you just, you just also have to address, for the body that you have when it comes to petite and specialty sizing as well.
1: And I'll give a little my little tip, my little short person. How tall are you, Natalie? I'm 5'6". Yeah, okay, so you're way taller than me. So my little tip is make sure you wash your jeans and dry them before you bring them into the tailor. I cannot tell you how many pairs of jeans I've ruined because I bring them into the tailor and then they look great the first time you wear them and then you go home and you wash them and you dry them and all of a sudden your your jeans are too short. It's so irritating. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. And also bring the shoes that you're going to be wearing with those pants in when you go get them tailored. So if they're heel jeans, bring in your heels. If they're flat jeans, bring in your flats so that they're exactly to where you want them with your shoes. But yes, wash and dry them before as well. Nordstrom's usually pretty good about telling people that before they bring them in. But if you are going anywhere else, they may not remember to tell you. So make sure to to follow that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so that's a mistake. I learned the hard way. Um, So um, something you just said made me think of a question. I'm losing it. Hold on. Um, The shoes you're going to wear. Oh, I know what I was going to ask you. How do you feel about... So this is what triggered me. You said bring in the shoes that you're going to wear, like the heels and the flats. So I have done this before. There might be a pair of jeans that I love so much that I'll buy two pairs and alter one to wear with heels and alter one to wear with flats because I just love them that much. Um, for me, totally worth the price. I wear jeans every day and I have no issues. If it makes my tush look good, I'm in, I'm all in. You can take my money. But what about things like shirts or, you know, something else that might be super cute and I like it and I want to go and buy it in 12 colors. Um, and then all of a sudden you have a wardrobe. You're like, Whoa, everything's the same. But how do you feel about that? If something really fits you and you
0: feel really good in it, do we buy more than one? Yes. I get this question often. And I think It's, it's a very, it's a big misconception because women do believe that they need to be buying it in five different colors. And if they love it, here's the problem with that one, you may love it in the moment. And then six months down the road, you're like, why did I do that? I don't, I don't even really like this top. And then all of a sudden you're stuck with six tops that you, you don't like that. That happens more often than not. Um, Another problem with that is all of a sudden it looks like you're wearing the same thing all the time. So I had I bought these earrings for a client she loved them loved them love loved them and they're a great statement piece. they're beautiful, but she wanted to get them in another color and I said, "No, we're not going to do that because then it looks like you're wearing the same thing all the time and we're going to find another pair of earrings in that color that you'll love just as much, but it's going to be different uh, because you you don't want to get stuck in that fashion rut where you're wearing the same thing all the time." And you want, to, you want to make sure that you're actually truly loving the piece before you invest in it fully um, and go all in. Such good advice.
1: <laughs> Where were you like all of the early in my life? Uh, and, and I think that that's so true, especially like for the moms and the entrepreneurs out there that are just, they don't want to think about what they want to wear. They just want to get dressed and just make it easy. So we think it's going to be easier on us, but then that's how we quickly fall into that fashion rut, I guess.
0: Exactly. And there's definitely a way to shop to make sure everything kind of mixes and matches and achieves that same point where you just can throw it on and not think about it. But it just takes a little bit more effort. It takes a little bit more planning. It takes a little bit more getting to know your personal style and expanding within that than just buying the same shirt and a bunch of different colors and, and calling it a day.
1: Yeah, perfect. Okay, so if I said to you, Natalie, spring is coming, especially here in New York, because I know you are in San Diego, right? So you don't have as many season changes as we do here. Um, so the season's coming and this is what happens with New Yorkers, right? It's the weather's going to change one day. I don't know. It's still freezing out, but like probably tomorrow it'll be 80. This is what (laughs) happens here. It goes from like 40 to 80. Um, and spring is coming and we want to freshen up our wardrobe a little bit. What are a few pieces that I'm adding this spring and summer that are, um, trendy in style going to update my wardrobe pieces?
0: Yes, So when you're thinking about investing in trends, you want to make sure that they are trends that are going to last and you're going to get your money's worth out of the most and also fit with your personal style. So it's really being intentional in which trends you invest in and not just buying trends because they're on a mannequin, right? You want to make sure how does this fit in with my style, my brand? How does this fit in with my body type? Um, How does this fit in with my lifestyle and the clothes that I already have? So those are things to consider before you even start purchasing. But some of the trends that I'm loving that I feel like are really versatile across the board are uh, statement earrings. Uh, one of the things for spring is just, they're just, the bigger the earring, the the more in style it seems to be. I mean, they're huge this season, but it's a great thing to just throw on with a blouse and jeans and you're good to go. Um, it makes it really, really easy. So I, I say good statement earring, taking into account the colors in the statement earring um, that is matching with the rest of your wardrobe. Uh, but that's a big one. Um, another one that I'm loving is um, the pastels, the colors. Colors are a great trend to invest in because you can look current and fresh, but you're not wasting your money because there's never a color that goes out of style. It's just going to have more popular times than others. So That's another way. Um, I'm a huge fan of white denim. I don't think women should be afraid of white denim. I think it can be flattering on almost every single body type out there. Um, And that's a great way to just replace. If you replaced your blue denim with your white denim, all of a sudden your outfit takes on a whole new fresh look. So I think white denim is a great thing to invest in. And, um, for a woman who's going to have three kids soon, (laughs) every time I go to put on my, you know, white denim, I'm like, am I going to see my nephews today? (laughs) I'm still going to be wearing my white denim. Um, just maybe, maybe invest in the, in white denim. That's not as quite as expensive as needed, but seriously, I'm such a huge fan and I have, I'll have three kids, uh, barely four and under, so I'm still going to sport it. Um, I love shout for that, right? There's the, the right, shout. Right. <laughs> um, and, uh, and some fun sandals, because uh, that that'll jazz up even just a gray t shirt, white denim, and like a snazzy pair of sandals, you're good to go. Awesome. Um, let's talk, let's go
1: backwards a little bit and talk a little bit more about dressing for your brand. And um, what I found so interesting when we worked on this together was in so many ways, I was already pulling clothes that lined up with my brand and I didn't know it and things that I was attracted to. And then you gave me some ideas. I'm like, wait, I have so many of these pieces already. Um, but let's talk a little bit more about that because I think I want to clarify because you know, like I have brand colors, right? Or I have a brand message or I, and I don't go into a store and just limit myself to that. You know, it's not like, okay, like this shoes I bought yesterday, I'll give you a little sneak peek. They were green, which is not one of my colors, but it was all good because I love them and it's going to, you know, go with the other colors that are my brand colors. Um, I have a moto jacket obsession, which turns out is pretty shamelessly feminine, I guess, because it definitely matches my brand. Um, and you know, now I have it in pretty much every color of the rainbow, but, um, which you just told me not to do, but I did anyway. Sorry. I love them all equally though. So it's all- I I'm
0: a moto jacket person too. So I just bought this beautiful green one yesterday. So I'm right there with you. <laughs> I'm like, well, this gray is a little darker than that gray. So I have to have it. <laughs> um
1: but you also opened my eyes to some things that I never would have worn normally that I pay more attention to now. Things like dark florals. Like I was never really a floral girl and you were kind of like, Well, let's put like a dark spin on it, like black floral. I was like, Oh, I love that. That's great. And patterned matte and mixing and, and things like that. So how do you know when you meet somebody and you work with somebody, how do you know? Because it's not as simple as just, okay, these are your colors. So this is what you should wear. How do you really dig in to figure out what represents their brand and what represents their style? Is it something that you just see, you just have a gift for, or is there a, a systemized way about it?
0: I think it's a little of both, but I when when I see someone's branding board or when I hear about their brand, the first thing I like to ask them is, tell me, talk to me about your brand as if they were your best friend. So when you start putting, when you start putting those kind of characteristics onto your, your brand, all of a sudden I start to get a vision of what that wardrobe looks like. So if your brand is feminine uh, and and brave and, daring and compassionate and all these things all of a sudden that starts to translate for me into a wardrobe that also represents all those things because i think it's a big misconception that these are my brand colors so this is these are the only colors i can wear Mm -hmm. and that's definitely not the case then you just start to look like again you're wearing the same thing all the time and you're not really reaching your full potential of clients because you're just, it's leaving so many things out of it. But when you start to really think about your brand as a person and what that person encompasses and all the kinds of, of characteristics, then all of a sudden the wardrobe starts to take on a life of its own and I can go from there. So the branding board and the colors are a great place to start and I always like to start there if possible. But I also want to get to know more, more about the brand, more about the person behind the brand. And a lot of times, like like in your case, your personal style and your brand do infuse because you are your brand as an entrepreneur. Um, but also expanding within that and that feeling so limited.
1: Yeah. And you know, you just touched on something that was so interesting. You said, I don't even know if you realized maybe you did realize you said it, but that um, you alluded to, I wanna say, that you will get more clients and reach more clients in a more authentic way if you really dressed your brand and your story and the things that you want people to know about you and your business. And I love that. I think that that's so powerful because we really need to think about that when we get dressed in the morning. Am I representing myself as I want people to see me? Will it get me more business? Will it help my brand grow? Um, And you had put something on your Instagram that really stuck with me. I might quote it wrong. So you'll have to forgive me. Um, but it was something to the nature of dressing for an event is showing a person respect.
0: Um, I don't, do you know what the actual quote is? Dressing well is a form of politeness. I think is more, yeah, the quote, Tom Ford said that, um, just showing respect for the event and for the people that you're with and the surroundings. Cause it's more about, it's, it's more about the people that you're with too, in addition to what it is about you, you know? Yeah,
1: I love that. I think about that now before I get dressed when I'm going somewhere um, that, you know, I'm not just, not the grocery store, but when I'm, you know, going out to dinner with friends or going out on a date with my husband or I'm going to a work event, I really have to think to myself, okay, what is going to show that I respect this and I'm grateful for it? And, you know, that I I love that quote. It It really stayed with me. Like not a lot of things stay with me like that, but that really stayed with me. So I appreciate you sharing that.
0: Yeah. And I think even when you have a really casual brand or, or someone says, you know, I really want to make sure I look approachable or, um, there's still a way to dress that up in a way that's respectful to the event. And it doesn't have to be blue denim and a t-shirt, you know, there's ways to do that and still be true to your brand and who you are as a person, but just up leveling it a bit to show respect for everyone else that's at the event.
1: That's so, it's so powerful. It really is. It cha- I think it changes your mentality. It changes your vision. It changes how people see you. It's so, so powerful. Natalie, there's something I want to talk to you about. Um, that I'm not sure if this is your genre or if I'm putting you on the spot, but I do want to talk about it a little bit. And that is fashion bloggers. Um, I follow a lot of fashion bloggers just because I love to get inspiration. And I do find that it helps me in my photography business because I know what the trends are and what to look out for. But I find myself particularly who, and I think I'm a pretty self-aware person, but I find myself falling into this trap often where I follow a fashion blogger and I love their style and their style resonates with with me and I love what they wear, and I buy a lot of the stuff that they're wearing because I just love how it looks on them. And what I found over and over is, for example, there's this one fashion blogger. I'm not going to mention her name. She's amazing, but she's like five eight and 100 pounds, right? And I'm five two and not 100 pounds. So um, what happens is, I love how it looks on her, and I and I buy what she's wearing. And then I get it. And I'm disappointed because I have such a different body than she does. Um, I have different shape than she does. And I know it like logically, I'll look at the outfit and I'll go, that's not going to look like that on your Jen." like get it together. But I just love it so much that I fall into that trap. And I find this happens in photography also with my clients. They will see something, uh, you know, they'll say to me, I hate my stomach. And then they'll come in with a bra and underwear. And I'll say, well, wait a minute, if you don't like your stomach, why are you wearing that? But what happens is they go to a store, they see it on a model and it just looks so good. And they want to look like that. So they're buying sort of that whole image versus just the outfit and the reality of what it looks like on them. I'm guilty of it too. That's how I recognize it. Like I said. So can you talk about that a little bit? Like when we're shopping or we're following bloggers or we're getting into inspiration. How do we know where to draw that line of, I love the way
0: this looks, but it may not look that way on me. Yes. This is a really important thing to recognize when we see fashion bloggers or we see outfits on mannequins and how that translates to our own personal style and our own body type and what we feel comfortable in. And fashion bloggers definitely have a place. I love to follow them as well. I gather inspiration too, but there's a big difference between they are dressing for their own body. They're experts at dressing their body and their personal style. And that's what makes them so fun to watch and look at and gather inspiration from. They're not giving you advice on how to dress your body and what feels comfortable for you. And that's the difference between fashion bloggers and personal stylists too, because there is a big difference. Some people will say, oh, your blog, when they're referring to my Facebook group, I love following it. And I'm not a fashion blogger. I tried that. It wasn't for me. It's because it, I like to educate people on how to take those trends and translate it for themselves more so than just stay up on the current trends and show you my all my cute outfits. Um, so there's a big difference there. And we have to be cognizant of that when we're shopping and thinking about how does this translate for me and my personal style. And I think that's why it's really, really important to get to know your personal style first and foremost before you do a lot of the shopping because you're getting to know you and what feels good on you and what silhouettes feel good on you and what uh, cuts that flatter you and colors and all that kind of stuff. That's all education that you really need to have before you can really start to build a wardrobe that feels authentic and like you and still on trend. You can still be on trend and wear trends. You don't have to follow them exactly how those fashion workers do because you're right. A lot of them are very thin. They're taller than most of us. A lot of them were um, models at some point. So it's important to remember all that before we start um, buying those items for ourselves. It's also important to keep in mind that some of them, they they can pin and tuck because of the way they're photographed. Like those clothes might lay exactly how they're being photographed too, because they can do little shortcuts. They're not spinning around for you and showing you exactly how they have everything, you know, nipped and tucked in everything with their clothes. So it's important to keep that in mind as well.
1: I never thought about that. And it makes so much sense that you would think I would know better. I mean, I, you know, like I actually worked in retail for a long time and we nipped and tucked everything on every mannequin on and everything. So I, I feel slightly stupid right now but it's really eye-opening to say yeah you know what that's so true (laughs) it's funny because the other day I asked you like how come you don't have a fashion blog and you said oh I hate the photography and the posing part and I said oh that's so funny because I love the photography and the posing part I just have no fashion style (laughs) so (laughs) we would make a good team together but but it's so true you would think I would know better over all of this so that that's a really really good point so thank you for sharing that.
0: Yeah, when 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 outfits are photographed, it's important to remember that I follow personal stylists that work with celebrities as well on Instagram. And when you see behind the scenes, they're nipping and tucking with claw clips all the time. So what it looks like in the magazine isn't what it looks like, you know, in real life. So it's definitely important to keep that in mind.
1: Yeah. You know, I also love now that I think about it, like anytime you read the magazines and they say like, who wore it best and it goes to show it's the same dress, but it's on two different bodies and it will look totally different on two different people. So, um, just to keep that in mind, I guess, when we're following anybody's style, I guess, and cause I do this all the time, I'll see somebody on the street. I'm like, I love that shirt. Where'd you get it? And I need to have it. You know, and I get so disappointed when it doesn't look good on me, you know, but we have to remember, you know, stay in your lane, do what's good for you. Exactly. So I want to ask you, there's one more question I can think of um, that's pressing for me, at least. So I'm sure other people want to know. Um, What if I said to you, I don't have any shopping budget right now to buy anything else new in my wardrobe, but I'm looking to add some finishing touches or pizzazz or whatever you want to call it. I'm looking to up-level a little bit. What could I add to my wardrobe, maybe accessory-wise, fairly inexpensively
0: that will change the look of my clothing? I think accessories are the most overlooked piece of an outfit. People think that they, when they think of an outfit, they just think of the clothes. Like I have on my shirt, I have on my pants, I have on my shoes. I'm good to go. But Really, an outfit is made up of five components. And I think this is a great thing to remember, whether you're going to be shopping or not. When you're putting together an outfit, you want to have your top, your pants, and your shoes, obviously. But then you want to add one to two accessories, whether that's earrings, uh, a bracelet, a cocktail ring, a belt, and or um, a jacket, a vest, or a cardigan, something like that. Because once you add those extra two pieces, all of a sudden it takes... Uh, oh, well, she has clothes on today to, oh, that's a nice put together outfit and it doesn't cost any more money. So I think remembering that when you're getting dressed um, is a a game changer. And also if you're going to invest, but you don't have a lot to spend, then accessories is is an absolute great way to do that because you can get costume jewelry now so inexpensively, Um, and it just adds so much to an outfit to, to have on a necklace or a good pair of earrings or something that's just going to bring the whole out together. Amazing. I want to
1: know from you, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. What is something that you have splurged on? Maybe like the thing you've splurged on the absolute most that you love that you're like, I'm so, I, I don't even care how much money I spent on it. I'm so glad I did.
0: That's a really good question. To be perfectly honest with you, I'm pretty frugal. And I think that that's probably where a lot of this intentional like planning and being strategic and stuff, because it makes me sick to my stomach to spend money on something that I don't wear. Uh, So I... I do buy nice brands, but I don't like splurge on like the super high-end brands, at least not yet. Maybe when I'm out of the small kids stage. Yes, I was going to say, maybe when your kids get a little older. (laughs) Yes, when you get a little bit older, you're right. But some of the things that I have that are on the higher end that I haven't regret is um, a leopard clutch that I spent more money on than probably any other purse. But every time I pair that with an outfit when I go out and I just love it. And I, again, I get stopped on it because it's just one of those showstoppers. Um, and I think denim is probably where I spend a lot of my money too, but it's so worth it to me uh, because I get my, again, a price per wear out of it. And so what's the thing that you've
1: probably spent money on that you think
0: is the biggest waste in somebody's wardrobe or in your wardrobe? just anything that you don't wear. I mean, really there's, there's no like one piece, but if you're not getting your wear out of it, first of all, if you're not getting your wear out of it, just get rid of it out of your closet. So it's not a constant reminder and you don't feel guilty over it. You know, if you haven't worn it and you don't love it for whatever reason, just let it go. I mean, there's, there's been times where I've had to let like a cashmere piece go because I just don't wear it. It doesn't get cold enough here. Whatever reason I just like, it just sits in my closet. Um, but I, th- I think that if you're just, if you wear it, then it's worth it. And if you don't, then you just got to let it go and, and cut your losses. And I read this in one of my style books and it, this really, really helped me. It's, it's kind of a sunk cost. So you've already bought something and you, you've lost money, right? There's no way to get it back unless you can return it, but then you're losing more, time energy and money trying to make that one piece work in your closet all that guilt that you feel all that mental energy the money that you're spending to buy things to go with it when you don't even like it to begin with all of that all of a sudden it just it just starts accumulating and becomes even more expensive so the best thing you can do is just let it go in that moment if you see it in there just let it go
1: I think that that's so great too, because I think that that mentality perpetrates that feeling of, I have no style, I can't do this. I have shame about the money that I spend and, you know, shame about, you know, like you were saying before that people have shame and, you know, when you walk into your closet, you really want it to be a good, positive, fun place. And like I said, I'm working on that. I, I still need to have some work done in that area. And even as you're speaking about it, I go, yeah, you know, I feel that shame sometimes. I feel that guilt and
0: I, it makes fashion not fun and fashion should be fun, period. Absolutely. Yes, that's totally, it it does. It it perpetuates those feelings, which then carry on to the rest of your day. Cause if you're starting your day like that, I mean, it's so hard to get out of that hole once you're there. And so your wardrobe should be one of the spaces where you, that's not even something that should be crossing your mind. So just get rid of those items that make you feel like that. Natalie,
1: I love you, but I'm going to wrap this up because I need to go clean out my closet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm only half kidding. <laughs> Let's They're do it together. You. That's right. Thank you so much, really, for giving us all that advice today. I would love to have you back on the podcast. Maybe one day when the seasons change again, you can give us a little fashion forecast. Um, I'd love it. Okay. Tell us
0: where we can find you. Yes, you can find me um, on my website, iStyleByNatalie.com. And over in my Facebook group, Success With Style.
1: I love it. And Natalie, also, you can mention you have a paid group as well, um, which I am a member of. So if you have fashion questions or concerns or whatever, Natalie's
0: there, she's got your back. Um, Where can they find that? Yes, uh, that's over um, at my uh, monthly membership. So it's iStylebyNatalie.com forward slash membership. And it helps. I I shop for you monthly. So to create a versatile and functional wardrobe, uh, let me do all that shopping for you so you don't even have to worry about it. And I would love to offer your listeners a free month uh with the coupon code Shamelessly Feminine. So Go on over and grab that.
1: That's amazing. Thank you for that. That's amazing. I hope you guys take her up on it because, um, you know, we are, so many of the people that listen to this podcast are entrepreneurs. And even if you're not an entrepreneur and you're an entrepreneur or you're working in the corporate world, you always want to be able to put your best foot forward. So um, I think that it's an amazing, amazing value for what you do. And I thank you for all of your knowledge and your story and good luck with your new baby and everything. I, I'm so happy we get a chance to do this. Thanks, Jen. Me too.
0: Thanks for listening to the Shamelessly Feminine podcast. If you loved what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes so that more women can learn to live a badass life. To learn more about this movement, go to shamelesslyfeminine.com and join our Shamelessly Feminine Facebook group. Until next time, go out there and be the boss of your life. (laughs) Boom! <laughs>